the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The executive behind Amazon's massive warehouse fulfillment operation has moved up to vertical farming. I think we're going to hear more and more about vertical farming as life goes on. In the first hour, I looked at some of the technologies of 2018, back when it was 2017, and one of the things that jumped out at me was tied towards Amazon. And I, I'm not going to say I correctly called it, that they were going to get into the healthcare business, but I think they did with uh, their recent purchase. And I think they did accomplish what a lot of people wanted them to accomplish. And that would be something along the lines of getting licensed to deliver drugs. Now, we don't know much more about it, do we? We don't. But we know that at some point in time, they can offer us home delivery of our pharmaceuticals. We lost an Amazon Prime Day, which is a made-up holiday. It's going to be bigger this year than Black Friday. It's coming July 16th. I'm stunned at people who buy anything at full price in this day and age. I feel like all you have to do is, if you're going to buy furniture, is go to Pottery Barn and sign up for their email. And a couple days later, you're going to have 10 to 15 emails that say something like 50% off. So why not wait till July 16th, which is basically Black Friday in July. It's a holiday six months before Christmas. It uses heavy discounts to get, to woo us. Or if you don't want to wait for Amazon Prime, maybe you buy something on a July 4th holiday sale. Like, for instance, a lot of people like to barbecue meat on the 4th of July. I don't think you have to make your decision... To run out and buy a barbecue on July 5th after the sale's over. I think you can probably say, I should buy this when there's a Memorial Day or a Labor Day. Uh, beginning of summer, uh, highlight of summer, July 4th. End of summer, kind of holiday going on. Because when Amazon does their Prime Day, guess what? Everyone else does too. Best Buy is like, well, we don't want everyone to get their one Apple TV now without using us as a source of purchase. So we'll have a sale too. We'll get rid of some inventory before the transition to the fall phones, the back to school phones, the back to school backpacks. Man, what type of backpack do you get your kid? How much do you love them? Do you get them one with a USB charger built into it? Or do you get them one with like a bulletproof backpack? Hmm. Hmm, how do I love my kid? Hmm, how many shootings were in this school district? Hmm. So Prime delivers such a massive scale and features that 
you were to look at the value of Prime per year, some people think it's worth $800 and they only charge you 100 plus. So do I like Amazon Prime? I do. My part of the Kool-Aid drinking club of Amazon? Kinda. It's so funny. There's people who are car guys and there's people who are not car guys. And I'll be honest with you. If I get a chance to race around a Daytona 500 track with a Daytona Indy car, I would do it once. But after I've done it once, I would never do it again. Like, just not that interested, right? So we got that out there. Taylor Swift. Who doesn't love Taylor Swift? Shake it off. Shake it off. And now she has a new song out, which is just despicable. No, it's called Despicable, I think. Um, But she's a real estate mogul. She owns $84 million of real estate in different states from California to New York. She recently purchased a condo in Tribeca, her third property, on the same block. So Taylor Swift is buying blocks. 28 years old. She's worth $280 million. She's parked about $84 million of it in real estate. From everything that I can see, business-wise, her dad's taking pretty good care of her as a manager and such. She owns a 10,000-square-foot place in Beverly Hills worth $29 million. In New York, she has a penthouse worth $20.5 million. Uh, something tells me that, like, in life, if I'm going to get reborn, hopefully not as a cow, but if I get reborn, hopefully it's as the guy who falls in love with Taylor Swift and actually keeps her. Can you imagine being married to a pop star worth $280 million? She has a 3,000-square-foot apartment in Nashville. She has an estate in Nashville that's 5,600 square feet. It's interesting. The place in Beverly Hills has 10 bathrooms. I kind of wonder at some point in time, the real estate agent tells you, Hey, Taylor Swift used to play own this place. Yeah. And did I mention that it has 10 bathrooms? Well, now you're talking. In case you have like uh, like the traumatic situation where you can't decide where you want to poop or pee. 10 bathrooms? Yeah. That's a lot of clean. So a lot of greenery, a lot of mountains. It's out there. There's a new, uh, if you don't want to date Taylor Swift or be Taylor Swift, maybe you want to rent a place where she's at. Rents as a percentage of income are at a historic high of 29.1%. Renters spent a record amount of money on housing in 2017, paying $485 billion to landlords. A lot of Americans are struggling to afford housing. 
one of the most expensive cities in the country, San Francisco. The average monthly rent is four thousand sixty bucks. Wow, that's in Mission Bay. In Hayes Valley, the city's most affordable neighborhood, the average rent's twenty seven hundred dollars. Hmm, which neighborhood would I want to live in? Or can I just talk to my friend Taylor and say, "Hey, can I live in your guest house?" I like the idea. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Let's chat. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So I'm going to change things up this year for sure. I'll probably do a little bit more multimedia, Facebook or YouTube or something. I'm just waiting for the sign. And I think my first sign is to cut down a little bit more on TV and then just start enjoying life a little bit more as we cruise towards retirement. No way. I remember we used to look at like Howard Stern and go, he only works five days a week, then he only works four days a week, then he only works three days a week. I think that's how it should be done as you get older, um, in my opinion. So real estate versus stock market, we've been talking about it a little bit today. The sharp rise in home values last year gave homeowners a strong infusion of cash in the form of home equity. It also helped more than half a million borrowers rise above water on their mortgages, which is still one of the more stunning things from 2006 to 2008. If you had bought a home um, in 2005, 2004, you might have bought at a tippy, tippy, tippy top that you're just now getting back to. And now you're no longer underwater. Homeowners with a mortgage representing about 63% of all properties saw equity increase 12% last year. So the average homeowner got $15,000 of equity gain last year. Collective gain across the United States, $908 billion. That's not bad. Um, That's a stimulus, right? States like California and Washington saw even higher price growth, so homeowners in those states gained an average of 44000 and 40000 respectively. Now, in Louisiana, where a double-wide trailer is considered a mansion, you got a double-wide? Which you hit the lottery or something? Um, you got basically $2,000 of equity. So every now and then when you see like Oklahoma City beat the Golden State Warriors, know that we got $44,000-plus in equity in our home, and they got less than $2,000 equity in their home. Now, they save a lot of time brushing their teeth. We've got 32 teeth to get to, to floss, to to water pick, um, to brush. They got that one tooth, so they save a lot of time in Oklahoma City. (laughs) Tony Mendez, (laughs) BayAreaLoanSource.com. Let's talk about $16 trillion in housing market recovery. Woo! Yeah, I think that goes back to, what, 2010? That's a big number. Yeah, that's the swing that we had, about $16 trillion. Uh, and a lot of cities are still, um, believe it or not, under their last peaks. But most cities in the United States, we're talking large cities, are beyond their peaks. Um, and we'll talk about San Francisco metropolitan area. Uh, we are above it, again, hitting new peaks. So that's one of the nicest things about owning a home is you pay yourself principal yep. and you see the equity grow over time and you're like, woo, like you and I both have a rental. <clears throat> I think mine has like 10 years left on the loan. Yours has eight. 
and right, we're racing to that, get it paid off because it's a rental. It's, it's okay to have a rental paid off. Maybe I'll tap it for equity later. Maybe I won't. We'll find out. But uh, it's kind of a nice feeling seeing like, whoa, now again, we both have rentals on the East Coast, so we're not seeing that $15,000 equity gain. So, but it's it's out there for a lot of Americans. Yeah, it's... Yeah. We run a lot of these scenarios on you know the mortgage side and whether or not to pay it off. Wow, look at um, that! The seven K gain in Virginia last year on equity, and in North Carolina, ten thousand dollars gain <laughs> on average. Then you look at California, forty four thousand. Yeah. Oh, I think it's white states like South Dakota. I think that's what's a zero. South right? Dakota, it's just white. It's yeah. blank. I.e., we don't know how to value real estate out here. How do you value a teepee? <laughs> Be nice or wigwam. It's nice living up there. So I once went to my um, therapist and said, you know, I'm having crazy dreams every night that I'm a TP in a wigwam. He goes, you're too tense. So. I'll take the rapists for 200. That's the therapist. Did it take you all night to write that one? <laughs> wow. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> maybe I really went to a therapist. And I maybe I did... I think I was wigwacking man teepee, and he thought I was just too tense. Oh, my, my, my. So, um, I think I'm taking a negative angle on real estate today, and I'm not trying to. But let's talk about some of the things on home ownership that, you know, um, property taxes. You have to pay in good times and bad times. It's kind of like the homeowners association. You have to pay in good times and bad times. Yep, like that royalty fee. What? how much of that home equity in California is lost to home equity lines, not home equity lines, but um, homeowners associations. Because in California, they, they, they differ like golden clay. You can get an HOA that's $4,000 well, a month. Yeah, you have an HOA. You, you could literally pay your house off and still have that payment. It's it's like a perpetual mortgage. Um, it could be a, a condo, for example. I've seen condo HOAs, just simple, you know, two bedroom, one bath, run three, four, five hundred dollars $500 a month. And you always have that. A $500 a month payment on an HOA is like a $100,000 mortgage. It will always stay on that. And it always goes up. It's like an arm that the rate it always goes up. Uh, that's definitely something that you want to pay attention to when you buy a condo. And why a lot of people don't stay in condos and they let a renter pay it if they decide to keep the property. Uh, but going back to your point about whether or not you pay off a, a rental or not, um, I always think it depends on what kind of retirement you're looking at. Are you Do you have a pension, or are you relying just on your 401k or IRA distributions? Are you going to get Social Security? Is all of that enough? And I, I think some people, you know, they make bad decisions later on in life, and they go, oh, I'm going to leverage that. You talked about leveraging your property and then equity. Should I buy another one, or... Should I put the money in the stock market or just sell the house and just pay the capital gains or 1031 exchange it into a property that I might move into? There's a lot of options that people forget that are out there for them that can save money in the long run. But it really does come down to how you're going to retire and what that property means to you. Uh, And we talk about this with clients all the time. You know, you're 50 years old. Why are you buying another property? I had a 70 year old once who had a bunch of money and he wanted to buy a rental property. I said, why? Um, what is this doing for you? Have you talked to your CPA? And he's like, no. Uh, why aren't you talking to your CPA, at least your CPA and maybe your financial planner? I mean, what is what is your goal for that property? Is it it's something that's going to give you income in retirement? After it's paid off, you'll get a lot more. Yes, you'll pay taxes on the What's income. What's interesting about questions? You just, you just sparked something in my head. Like, when I bought that place in Raleigh, I didn't have any questions in my head. I just was buying it because I think, thought I should buy some real estate to go with my stocks. 
And now as I'm getting older, I'm like, does it pay for a kid's college? Do I turn it into a rental where I can make $14,000 a year in income? Which That's not a lot of money. It's not, but it could fund your... But if I do that for 20 years... Long-term like, care, it could fund your insurance, it could fund right. a lot of things. And that's where... But um, it's, it's a basic question, yeah. Tony. Like, I could ask you, where are you going to be in five years? And you're like, I kind of still want to stick in the Bay Area because, you know, the mortgage closes... Your, you do mortgages for a living, Bay Area Loan Source, so $600,000 mortgage is going to be the same amount of work as a $100,000 mortgage in uh, Zimbabwe. <laughs> I am the Zimbabwe mortgage king. You've just made $4 million. Just send me an email. Uh, you played the lottery last night? No. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, money investing and more. Facebook faceplant. Did you see that one coming? Don't! Every, every major company hits a point in time where there's a slowdown, a deceleration. If you go back to Yahoo or Amazon or Apple or AOL is probably one of the better examples where the stock could do no wrong, the stock could do no wrong, the stock could do no wrong. Ooh. Stock did wrong. So we got a lot to talk about with this one, in my opinion. So there's the jobless rate out there today, but I don't think that's exactly on fire. Facebook's on its pace for its worst day ever. That feels like the first fire we should put out. Now, let's start with Facebook, but let's say it's also part of a bigger collective. And the psychic collective may or may not know what's going to happen with earnings. But the shareholder collective that own FANG stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, they're the main FANGs. And you can kind of throw on Apple and um, Alphabet. They're taking a pummeling today as tech companies report second quarter results. Now, Facebook had a high PE. Google did not. When I say high P.E., let's say for the sake of the argument, almost 100 price of the stock to its earnings on Facebook. And for, for Alphabet, Google, it was more like 25. And the stock market's typically more like 15, what you pay for the price of the stock market versus its earnings. Sometimes it's higher. Sometimes it's lower. But I'd say 12 to 20 is the range of the typical stock market trades. So it was a crowded trade because who doesn't want to own Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google? A lot of ETFs. So today is probably going to be one of the more dramatic days because a high flyer got hit. And no one would be surprised if a plane that comes down to strafe the enemy lines got hit. But when it's a bomber way up in the sky that you can barely see its price to, to earnings. Wow. It's a Facebook high flyer coming down to earth, down 20%. One of the biggest, most valuable billionaires in the world, Mark Zuckerberg, coming down the list of billionaires. You know, we have a basic responsibility to protect people's data. Yesterday, he was at one of the all-time highs. The stock, Facebook, hit an all-time high yesterday. So, to get pummeled, how does it feel? Probably not very good for most people. I don't mind it, because when the Russian news hit back in March, April... 
the stock fell and recovered all the way to an all-time high. The stock has had a big run recently. So I take off some of the loss today and say, okay, let's take a look at the last year. Let's take a look at the last six months. Let's take a look at the last two years. But it was terrible guidance that they gave. And I think, you know, you and I wade into the waters of Facebook like knee-deep. Facebook executives are in six feet deep. And that next step, they're learning a lot about before they're, they're taking it. Because they've already fallen off once. They have to hire more security people. The one thing Facebook can't get wrong is security. And Facebook, more so than Amazon, Netflix, and Google, is facing politicians. Because you can't hack the elections coming up in, uh uh-oh, three months. So Facebook has to get this right. Now, their quarter wasn't that bad. Their guidance was awful. So when they reported their quarterly numbers, the stock went down about 8%. When they reported their guidance, the stock went down about 20%. Drop the the, just Facebook. So a lot of money's poured into Facebook and Amazon and Alphabet and Netflix. And when there's this deceleration in period, it happens to every company. Microsoft was once one of the greatest companies under Bill Gates. Under Steve Ballmer, not so great. Under Satya Nadelli, fantastic. So Amazon's under pressure because they have to now report stellar results to kind of stop more money from fleeing. And Apple obviously doesn't want more money to flee. They report next week. So what are the analysts saying about Facebook? JP Morgan has an overweight on it. It says short-term pain, long-term gain. Facebook is battling its own scale and law of large numbers. Facebook is taking the opportunity to shift expectations to more achievable levels. There was some slowdown in Facebook usage. Keep in mind, Facebook's growth right now is happening mostly on Instagram, stories, and WhatsApp. Still one of the most expensive companies out there, so if there is a bear market coming for tech, they'd be able to use their shares and their cash, potentially buy more companies to facilitate growth like they did with WhatsApp and uh, Instagram. Barclays is calling it an overweight. We haven't seen this disastrous of a print since the first quarter of 2016. Remember at one point in time, Facebook comes public. And their first quarter of reports, they basically had no revenue in mobile. And then 90 days later, they dominated mobile. Facebook is guiding revenue down severely with a third quarter and fourth quarter now expected to both decelerate to high single digits. They don't want to create the perception of getting rich while their product presents issues for society. That's probably a good idea. There's more serious engagement problems with core Facebook that have materialized recently. How do you feel about Facebook now? I'd love some feedback from you. Send me an email, rob at robblack.com. I get on Facebook now, and it's almost humorous. I see people like CFP Chad Burton out on a boat with his kid. How many pictures do I need to see of someone out on a boat with a kid? Then I see pictures. I never see pictures from my one friend. And then I see random pictures. I saw one guy melt down and basically during his divorce overshare on Facebook. I'm in a glass case of emotion. I see people who I know who are near bankrupt or bankrupt post unbelievable vacation pictures. So Facebook to me is kind of like sad book. It's just got that upside down frown that makes me sad. Bank of America has a buy on Facebook. How do you feel about Facebook, by the way? I go through some videos and it's 
a lot of social justice campaigns going on. And what I mean by that is like, hey, does anyone know who murdered this person on the train the other night? That's just, that's depressing as hell to me. I work in news and media, and when I get off, I, I, I don't necessarily want to watch a lot of news and media. Morgan Stanley has an overweight. The stories change is the most notable we believe in stories. Facebook's got a curse and a plus. They basically can use the social media ideas of other companies. And they need to listen to, to the, their customers. And they copied stories pretty quickly from Snap. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to be Snap. I, I think Snap is interesting. Are they doing enough? And can they get to the next level? Evercore says of Facebook, they introduced sobering second half and longer-term guidance that suggests the business will demonstrate slower revenue growth. One of the stories that I talked about earlier this week, last week, was one of the hottest jobs in the next 5, 10 years is going to be content reviewer. To have human eyes take a look at videos. Because we can't have videos of pedophiles, people getting their heads cut off, we can't have videos of, of crimes taking place, people having suicides, cyberbullying. And it's going to take a lot of real eyeballs for quite a while for Facebook to get it right, but they have to get it right. If you're a mom and you hear some kid got on Facebook and blew their head off, you're going to be like, I don't want my kid on Facebook. It doesn't even matter if it was one kid in a billion. And that can upset long-term trends. I can tell you as I get older... Uh, that's that's why Facebook doesn't care about me. And that's why some companies that market to millennials do better. So Facebook's got a little world of hurt today. Now, it's interesting because Mark Zuckerberg did tell people about this. He warned. But now here's the extra thing that I want to talk about Facebook. And do you buy it today? And the dust hasn't settled. And suddenly a lot of Facebook millionaires and billionaires are down 20%. So they may scratch their butts, their heinies, their rear ends, their derriers, and say, I don't want to go down another 20%. Honey, don't you think we should sell before that happens and pay off our house? Or buy a boat or fund all of our retirement for the next 45 years? Sometimes when a stock pulls down, you see an exodus of major talent. And they are like, hey, what's the next hot, sexy stock? This one's over. Uber? Let's go to Uber. Everyone, let's go to Uber. You get the idea. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The shakeout takes time, people. The shakeout takes time. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The old Facebook flop is the story of the day, down 20%. The guidance was what was disappointing. But again, if you're going to build a 21st century media company, you're going to hit some speed bumps and some road bumps. This isn't the first time they've had a bad day, but it's the worst bad day that they've had. It's going to shake a lot of short-term investors. It's going to shake a lot of employees out who are there literally to jump from hot IPO to IPO to IPO. It'll be interesting. Qualcomm's walked away from its bid to acquire NXP semiconductors. Um, this is the whole China loves me, China doesn't love me, China loves me, China doesn't love me. The, one of the tougher things about Donald Trump's presidency to predict is consistency. 
So Qualcomm, well, China and the United States were trying to have a better relationship. And we've seen President Trump open up some of ZTE telecommunications equipment back to let's do this. Let's share technology. Let's share the company, China and the U.S. And now the Qualcomm thing kind of throws a little bit of water on it. So that's a big story of the day. It's smack dab in earnings season. Amazon's reporting after the close. There's early weakness in shares of Amazon, but that could be because look over there. Facebook's falling down. And they're both in a lot of ETFs, and a lot of people today are saying, I'm going to ring my bell, ring my bell. And they're going to cash the register and walk away. If you've owned Facebook for any period of time, other than the last two weeks, you've made money. That's worthy of note. It's had a big run this year. Now, Amazon, are they going to be the first trillion-dollar company, or will that go to Apple? Apple's got a low P.E. Amazon has a high P.E., but Amazon's got the ability to say magic words. They can say things like, we are going to get in a brand new business of selling flam. You're like, what's that? Wait, 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 what? What? Oh, we'll, we'll give that another $10 billion. They're going to sell it. Did you hear that Amazon's getting in the business of selling Amazon's furniture business, I just read some reviews of their furniture. Not like Amazon reviews, but like uh, Consumer Reports reviews. It's, it's considered pretty high quality, like crate and barrel quality. And I'm like, okay. Now, I don't believe that to be completely true because their selection of vendors differs like golden clay. But it's interesting to note, Amazon dominates like batteries. They got into some categories that they just do very, very well in. So about 24 hours ago, Trump was talking tariffs. Blah, 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 tariffs. Cars. And the car companies all started warning for General Motors Fiat. Quickly, the sheen is coming off of trade war as our only option. Now it's becoming a lot more of a, um, this ain't going to work. You know, the, the tax cuts were designed to help corporations because the corporate tax cut was way bigger than the individual tax cut. But the tariffs hurt. The very same companies that earlier, six months ago, the country was trying to help. The country being Trump. I don't know if I speak for you or anyone else, so i got to be wildly careful, right? What a time we live in. We're seeing higher cost of oil. That should hurt the airlines. We're seeing higher interest rates. That should hurt people's credit cards and how much debt they carry. So a recent accident plus the rising fuel costs have hurt Southwest. I have to admit I was on a Southwest plane recently. And I looked out at the engine blade and I was like, please don't snap off and kill me. Please, please. Um, Because that'd be a horrible way to go. I'd be the kind of guy who'd take the blade in the chest and I'd slowly die. And everyone around me would be like, oh, you're going to slowly die, dude. Can we accelerate this, please? My time on this planet should be over. Good news, bad news. Google's YouTube has taken action against the right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones and his site InfoWars, where he says things along the lines of 9-11 didn't happen. 9-11 was a government conspiracy. 
the children at Newton didn't happen, that they were all sent over to a foreign country and are being hidden. It was the left's way of shutting down gun, or creating gun control. So Google's YouTube is, is shutting down a site. And I don't really know how I feel about this, because I'll be honest, the world is a, a pretty big hate machine right now. And if you, if you watch Sacha Baron Cohen's new show on Showtime, it shows you the world is a pretty big hate machine. It can be funny to, to look at, but it's also a bad reflection of our society. Uh, Sunday's episode of Sacha Baron Cohen's show uh, did not make Arizona look good. It did not like, make uh, reality TV people look very good. And maybe that's just the reality. Uh, a lot of racism in Arizona, according to the show. But again, it's handpicked. But that's what we're getting into. Like Facebook, do I want them to whitewash everything? Do I want YouTube to whitewash everything? And is whitewash a derogatory term? Because if it is, I'm apologizing before it becomes one. Wow. Little Pete Gabriel. He walked out of Genesis when it was hot. Phil Collins would never have been Phil Collins if it wasn't for Peter Gabriel quitting a band. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.